The song used in the following promo is called Audio Realm by Pariah. Hey, this is Courtney from a true crime and paranormal podcast called The Nefarious Nightmare. I'm here to tell you about KYLRclothing.com. KYLR is another ally for victims and against the heinous acts caused by sex offenders, rapists, and pedophiles. Their mission states that the realization of how common sexual assault is, and in most cases, the perpetrator gets a slap on the hand, leaving the victim scarred for life and without justice. That is the drive in which this company was created. Their goal is not only to raise awareness on the disgust disgusting commonality of sexual assault, but also to let the victims know that they are not alone and that we are in their corner. They say they look forward to working with and donating a portion of their yearly profits to local battered women's shelters and other charities. Go check out KYLRclothing.com. That is KYLRclothing.com. And let's work together to make rapists afraid again. Welcome to the Occult and Crime Academy. I'm John. And I'm Jessica. Our podcast entails everything from the paranormal and mysterious to murdery and comedy. If you are looking to sit back, relax, and have a few laughs while learning something new, we are here to drag you through the depths of the world while leaving you hanging in thought. Come join us on our favorite platform to listen anytime and for more information on upcoming shows and how you could be a part of our show. Content warning. This episode includes foul language and discussions of violence. Trigger warning. This episode contains depictions of animal torture, gruesome details of murder, and suicide or suicidal ideation. Amanda and I are not doctors or professionals, so the views and opinions expressed by us do not necessarily reflect the views of our listeners or the people mentioned in this case, nor do the views of the people in this case reflect the views of our own. Listener discretion is strongly advised. So, um, you are not familiar with salad fingers i'm not okay so when i was like oh i don't know when myspace started becoming a huge thing right Uh this was probably back in like 2004 and 2005 you know how like we have memes and gifs and things like that now back then we relied on like youtube videos one of the first youtube videos that i saw was um it was do you know that okay do you know the chick that like does the shoes Let's get some shoes. That 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 guy. Oh, like from Kiss FM, like Kenzie. Well, it's not originally from Kiss FM, if that's what's on there. But no, it's like this dude. I forgot his name, but I know the says, video. Yeah, let's get some shoes. Well, he also yeah. did one called Muffins, and I implore everybody to go look up that one because that one's really creepy. But <laughs> it was funny because like he starts out with like chocolate chip muffins. Blueberry muffins. And then he's like, blood. And then there's like <laughs> razor blade muffins and all this other stuff. Well, that was kind of like the golden year of creepy video. And um, there was also Salad Fingers, which was kind of like a early 2000s like comic, uh, comic video that was always like trending around. And it was just this really creepy green dude that had really long fingers. He would like caress a, a rusty spoon and he'd go, a lot of rusty spoons and it's Ew. just yeah it was really creepy um <laughs> there's, like this. yeah that's why i'm bringing it up but oh, um <laughs> you are welcome there was another one um 
there it was actually a video that we watched or a lot of it like a series of videos of, about Foamy the squirrel and he's owned by this girl named Jermaine I think that was her name but um, that one was back for all of us goth kids and for the newer goth kids which we had known as emo kids so yeah Foamy the squirrel hey what's up I went through my emo stage. Hey, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm not. Ha- I'm not hating on it. I'm not <laughs> hating on it. I'm sure, like the people in the '70s looked at us goth kids in the '90s and were like, "We did it. We did it better. We were thrashers," you know. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to briefly mention that because my friend Destiny actually posted this, and I'm gonna. I'm calling you out, Destiny, because I love you. And she said, "Millennials have started to make fun of the younger generation for their social media habits." Apparently they're wasting time and all their posts are cringy. So anyway, who remembers planking? Cinnamon challenge? Super Mac 18? Yeah, I forget. Stop fronting. So I had to bring it up because it was like, oh, I remember. I remember all of that. So I remember all of it. Hey, we got a great um, couple of episodes coming up. We are going to be talking about um, old Pazzy, Pazuzu Algarad. So are you excited? Um excited are you stoked to talk about i am extremely stoked to talk about him oh yeah all right well welcome to a joke just jester's joke what was it what would it what did i title this? really <laughs> i'm gonna keep this in man fuck it fuck it welcome to a jester's joker uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween! So Amanda's got allergies tonight. <laughs> I do all the time, but they're they're making my voice kind of raspy tonight. Hey, I hope you guys are happy because we've listened to some feedback and we're actually making our intro shorter. You're so, welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, you're Just welcome. Just tell us. Don't yeah. be shy. Yeah, I'm still not seeing any of those Apple reviews that we've been asking for. <clears throat> we're kind of keeping it low low key tonight. Um, this case um, is is. <laughs> I've been I've been kind of looking at this case for a while. Um, my friend Shauna Burns, who um, I desperately want on our show at some point, but she was the one that strongly recommended this case to me. <clears throat> so I looked into it a little bit, and then I saw it, and I was like, holy fuck, I've got to do this case. Um, the reason being is, I mean, some of it is pretty relatable. I mean, again, we were talking about salad fingers. <laughs> and a lot of this stuff happened just after the MySpace craze. So... Oh, is it that new? I thought it was older. Oh, it's pretty new. Yeah. Oh. oh. I don't know why I was thinking this was like late 80s. I mean, not late 80s. Late late 90s. Oh, no. Well, this is late 2000s. Okay, so, so I'm not with, too far off. With a lot of like the results um, being in like as late as 2018 so and even last year but i mean that's for part two so (laughs) i'm sorry i'm sorry that we're doing two parts but uh oh well 
it had to happen at some point. So let's get started, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, I'm going to jump right in on this case about Pazuzu Algarod. You're going to hear me refer to him as either fuckass or old Pazzy because fuck him with his big old snake dick. Or don't. I mean, you don't want to. <laughs> You'll see why I say that, though. <laughs> <clears throat> so I had to clear my throat for that one. <clears throat> okay, so I'm going to explain Satanism real quick. Um, as some of y'all have quick. seen. I'm going to keep it as quick as possible. I don't really want to keep it as quick as possible because, you know, it's 2021. We're about to enter into 2022. And damn it, people are still judgmental fucks these days. They are. And I'm about sick of it. You know, so if I can get to one person at a time with one thing at a time, so be it. So I am going to explain Satanism from the viewpoint of someone that identifies as a Christian, which is me. And we won't get into all that. Because I'm also a very, very non-judgmental one. So, Wikipedia says that Satanism is a group of ideological and philosophical beliefs based on Satan. A lot of people believe that Satanism is Luciferianism, which is actually quite different. I'm not going to go into the major details or differences of both, because that would take up the entire podcast. This isn't called a nefarious debate. So, <laughs> just like, are you sure? I'm pretty positive. I mean, sure. We can get into a debate. Yeah, I'd really like to not not do that. Team um, Bella? Or Team Edward or Team Jacob? Neither. I don't follow that. <gasps> Twiler. Twilight. Whatever the hell it is. Twilight? I guess. My goodness. The only Twilight I like is my Twilight years. Okay. And I'm entering those. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um... What I will do instead of debating people <clears throat> is clear up some throat and a common misconception of what Satanism is. And I'm going in, like I said, as someone who identifies as a Christian. Now, before you guys fall off, just hear me out, okay? Satanism is not actually an evil belief or even a religion. It's actually a set of people who base their beliefs or lack thereof of the idea of Satan being seen as the ultimate rebel. I asked my friend Troy, who is still getting peaches stolen from him, so whoever's doing that, quit it. Okay? <laughs> Come on, we covered this in a stop couple it. a couple episodes ago. Okay? It's time to stop. It's ridiculous now. Fucking A. Um, he's also studying theology, and what his view on this is, he said, from like an unbiased perspective, quote, Most Satanists don't see Satan as evil. In fact, they see him as a teacher slash liberator. That he wants us to be free and God wants us to be obedient slaves. So, basically the mass, the mass, the vast majority of them actually do not believe in Satan or the devil or even anything. It's kind of an in-your-face approach to atheism. Lisa Ling interviewed someone who identified as a Satanist and she asked why it would be considered a religion. To which the reply was, quote, Religion helps define who you are and who we are as Satanists is we are fighting for moral progress. We see how much encroachment there is of religion in public affairs, and I think it's the only responsible thing to do, to fight for your own deeply held beliefs. So, from what I've gathered, Satanism isn't like curses and hexes and sending demonic energy to people or sacrificing animals or children. It's really just a fight for religious freedom, and it's important that people just stop with the misconceptions. 
With that being said, people often judge someone for how they look or what they believe. I'm I'm going to go ahead and loosely... Sorry, Amanda is sneezing and I'm laughing at her in my head. She's laughing at me too. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Dying over here. <laughs> Don't die. I'm going to... I'm going to loosely base um, this or compare this to Juggalos, okay? And I know I keep bringing up Juggalos. I know people are annoyed by that, but guess what? Juggalos, is, it's a good, like, standing point for comparison for things like this because Juggalos are also very misunderstood. A lot of, a lot of people automatically see a Juggalo and define them as, like, a, a gang member, a bunch of fucking clowns who cause a bunch of bullshit and are hated on for the way that they look. They see them as drug addicts or serial killers or even just plain stupid. Um, believe it or not, there are doctors and lawyers that listen to the Insane Clown Posse and consider themselves juggalos. Likewise, there might be a doctor or lawyer. Hell, you might even have a surgeon, a surgeon operating on you who is either a Satanist or a juggalo or both. You know, their MD isn't based off of the music choice or religious freedom or belief. You know, the reality is juggalo, Satanist or otherwise shitbags exist no matter what movement or religion you follow. But the same can be said for good people. So my thing is, do not judge Satanism as a whole because of this shit bag that I'm about to cover. It's interesting that I'm mentioning Insane Clown Posse, by the way, because this shit bag really liked to artistically portray clowns, like evil-looking clowns all over the walls of his <clears throat> humble abode, if you will. Um, I'll get into that, but it's like this asshat had a list of the ideals and morals and even movements to make look bad. It's like he was like, Satanism, check. Dreadlocks, check. Hoarders, check. ICP, oh yeah, check. This guy's like, he's just fucked up, okay? He's just a fucked up. I like it. He's a poser, okay? Um, <clears throat> so, who is Pazuzu? As in, like, the deity, right? Okay. Hey. Did I just mess up? Okay, cool. Making sure, because I just yanked my, my computer almost completely off of my table. That, that was fun. <laughs> I thought you were just spinning me around. You spin me right round, baby. Right, right around. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm just going to blame Pazuzu. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to do that. <clears throat> Pazuzu. Okay. okay. As in the deity. And by the way, I might be using the word deity in the incorrect context, but this is simply to differentiate between Pazuzu and the killer Pazuzu Algarad. Okay, Wikipedia says an ancient Mesopotamian religion, Pazuzu, or also called Fazuzu or Pazuza, was the son of the god Hanbi. Um, he was the king, oh gosh, where was it? Okay, he was the king of the demons and the wind, particularly the southwestern wind. So to those of us in the south, in the southwest, you know, when it's hot like fuck outside, that's Pazuzu's fault, Okay. So don't get all mad at global warming or whatever. It's Pazuzu, okay? Pazuzu, Pazuzu is global warming. <laughs> um, he's considered to be the bearer of storms and drought, oddly enough, um, and is often depicted as a combination of different parts of both human and animal. So he has a human body, I guess, as a base, because every good soup needs a base. Ooh. Two pairs of wings, a scorpion's tail. And a penis that look like a snake. A serpentine penis. Serpent. Yeah, he had a snake dick. Yeah. <laughs> That's grody. I need you to say, I just need you to say snake dick. 
snake dick. Snake penis. <laughs> <laughs> she will not say the word dick, okay? Uh, I have the angel head. Halo. Can you, can you angel say, head. Can you say can you say Dick Cheney? Richard Cheney. Really? <laughs> what if he feels disrespected that you will yeah. not You actually want to know my grandfather's name? What's his name? Is it Dick? Yeah. Did you trick me into saying that so you wouldn't have to say it? Yeah. Oh, and then, uh, come on. Come on. No, that was my grandpa's name. His name was Richard, but he went by Dick. There you go. Oh, good. She said Dick. Okay. So say, so say Snake Dick. Oh, nope. That was the one time you got me to say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, he had a Snake Dick. Um, he keeps Ugh. his... <laughs> he I'm keeps... sorry. Every time you say it, I'm just going <laughs> to... <laughs> Snake dick. Okay. <laughs> you know, for a couple of 30-somethings, we sure do have... I say we. I sure do have a lot of bathroom humor. <laughs> and I get it. Okay? I get it. Anyway, he keeps his right hand up and his left hand down. He brings famine during dry seasons and locusts during wet seasons. His nemesis... Uh, why did my brain just fart? Okay. His nemesis is the malicious goddess, goddess Lamashtu, who was believed to harm a mother and baby during pregnancy and childbirth. Although Pazuzu is considered generally evil, he also scares away other evil spirits or demons, therefore protecting humans against plagues and misfortunes. So, you know, he's the, he's the good... He's the good kind of evil, you know? Yeah, okay. He'll... He's... He's just going to bring you, like, some drought and locusts. It's not like... Oh, I don't like those. I'm sorry. I mean, it's not so bad, though. He's not bringing you misfortune or anything. I don't like locusts. He's referenced in a few modern <laughs> culture genres. There's quite a few of them, but I'm going to mention a couple. Okay? Okay. He's in Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood as a spawn from Eureka after so many Shadowwraith kills. You know, I love Final Fantasy particularly Final Fantasy 7 and 8, especially Final Fantasy 7. I've never seen them. So. Oh, no, it's not a movie. It's it's a video game. Oh, I've never played it. Oh my god, you need to get into <laughs> Final Fantasy 7. I'm telling you. I am I fucking play video games. You know what? I don't really do that much either, but like I love my I mean, I beat Final Fantasy 7 like 3 times when I was 16 when it first came out. Oh, see, when I was 16 I played video games, but I played like Grand Theft Auto. I liked that one, too, and Twisted Metal, and, you know, I'm aging myself. But, like, Final Fantasy VII had come out just like Parasite Eve. I think it was called Parasite Eve. Um, and it was made by Square Soft or Square Enix or whatever the hell it was called back then. And I played a hell of a lot of Final Fantasy, and I beat it, like, three times. I beat eight once. And then they recreated Final Fantasy VII recently and i was like holy fuck it's the same thing but it's different and now they've got like the second installment of final fantasy 7 with uh yuffie in it and you have no idea what i'm talking about and that's fine some people do but they have yuffie in it and you have to wait until it comes out and, and it's supposed to be only for fucking playstation 5 which i'm poor so i can't afford it so it's like why are you why are you guys fucking me over right but, you know, he is, what's important is, you know, what's important is Pazuzu is in Final Fantasy XIV Stormblood. So, there's that. He's also the gargoyle that Professor Farmsworth owns in Futurama. 
He's in a Simpsons episode where he possesses Homer, Bart, and Maggie. And evidently, he's the evil spirit that possesses the young girl in The Exorcist. And a lot of podcasts really heavily mention that one. And I'm eye-rolling it because it's like, yeah, we we know. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude, but it's just like, we know. But, like, what else is Pazuzu depicted in? Like, The yeah. Exorcist isn't the only pop culture thing, you know? No, definitely not. So... But anyway, um, they also mentioned that as well as the goddess that Pazuzu tended to pray to, which will be mentioned in a little bit, I believe. But she is a D&D character, so everybody keeps mentioning that, too. I'm just putting it out there, though. Pazuzu, Algorod, Pazass. He's just a big, giant, poser, 14-year-old metalhead kid in a 30-something-year-old body. Okay? So, I remember when I was a poser. Uh, Quick backstory. Um, on being a poser metalhead. <laughs> I was 13 and I didn't have any friends. So what I did was I stuck it to the man and gave preps and anything normal, a big fat fucking middle finger, right? <laughs> Just this big, scary 13 year old little girl right? with um, a Jansport backpack that had corn and sepultura written all over it with a whiteout pen, right? <laughs> I was just this badass little poser kid. And even though I knew the music, I was still a poser because I wanted to pretend I was something I wasn't, which was like this badass little poser metalhead kid. Dude, I was too. I had a Slipknot backpack. Or slip- actually, it wasn't a backpack. It was like a side satchel? Sure. Maybe? Laptop bag? You know, the ones where... Like, a mes- a messenger bag. A messenger bag. Thank you. I remember when those were popular. That was yeah. like... 10 years after my time, though. Like, I was 23. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, like, I was a big poser. And, you know, I, you know, but anyways, some kid, like, walks by this bitch. Oh, my God. I still, I still don't like her. I, I hold grudges sometimes. And, but she walks by and she goes, Sepultura, name a song. And I was like, uh, track one on the Roots album. Duh. <laughs> And and then she was like, and then I was like, she was like, whatever, you're a poser, <laughs> her and her friend. And then they went through, like, I guess that wasn't really enough for them that I knew track one on the Roots album, because apparently I was supposed to be well-versed, you know, psychology and music professor and know every breath of Max Cavalera of Sepultura. Because, you know, what happened next is these little fuck faces ran all over the school calling me a poser. And telling people I snitched on someone for bringing pot to school, which couldn't have been further from the truth because they probably overheard me asking someone to bring pot to school so I could smoke it, you know? But anyways, I never forgot that, Janae and Melanie. <laughs> yeah, bitch! It's- By the way, they were also some of the biggest fucking posers back then. We all were. So hey, I don't know well, what- everybody went through that <laughs> stage. You know? And I'm, I'm in my, and I'm in my 30s now. I could really give like a single, hey, you know, Amanda, I went shopping today on Kohl's. Ooh. I did. Um, didn't you say you wanted to borrow like a shirt from me? What was the color of the shirt? Yeah. I don't know. What? Was it purple? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go check my closet real quick for that purple fuck. So be right back. Okay. Uh, you know what? What? I do not have a single purple fuck in my closet, dude. I'm sorry. Really? I don't have a single purple fuck to give. 
Ooh, who's got jokes tonight? I'm just, I'm in a bad mood. I'm in a bad mood. I'll cheer you up. I know. I know. This podcast cheers me up. You want me to just make funny faces at you the whole time? No, because I got to talk about Pazuzu. (laughs) He's going to be the funny face. So. Fair enough. Okay. Pazuzu. He was born August 12th, 1978. San Francisco, California, as John Alexander Lawson to Cynthia Lawson and Timothy J. Lawson. A lot of laws. <laughs> la la la. They married in 1971, so this is about six or seven years prior to birthing this guy. Okay. Um, it's reported that his parents did not get along, and some speculate that they fought a lot and separated often. Several sources also say that his parents and John Lawson moved back and forth between San Francisco and Clemens, which is actually his mother's hometown. Before I continue, you're going to hear me go back and forth between John Lawson and Pazuzu because, sh- shockingly, John Lawson wasn't born Pazuzu Ila Agarat. <laughs> okay, that's not his Whoa. birth. That's not his birth name. Okay. Okay. Um, so, anyways, his home, you know, his mother's hometown was Clemens. They did divorce in 1990. Pazuzu and his mother continued to live together in Clemens, North Carolina. According to Patricia Gillespie, um, in his early life, John Lawson was a sweet and happy, bright kid. You see pictures of him smiling with bright and shining eyes. He was an adorable kid, okay? There are pictures shown of him dressed as a little cowboy and described as bright, piercing blue eyes. Um, But Patricia Gillespie, she was the producer and director of The Devil You Know, which is that docuseries I was telling you about earlier. Yeah. Made by Vice. Um, it's it's all about Pazuzu Algarad. Um, she said it was hard to get an actual idea of what his life and childhood was like because he often reinvented stories about his early life. Um, he, you know, she goes on to say he told people he was from Iraq. He told people his father was some high priest. Uh, but the people who knew him um, as a child described him as a little off kilter, a little emotional. Things that might indicate the beginning of a mental illness, you know, harming animals. Consuming alcohol and drugs at a very early age. Um, it was reported that he became an alcoholic at the age of 13, by mm, the way. How sad. And that his mother, which I don't want to do a whole lot of, like, mom shaming with her. Um, because a lot of people do do that. And I'm going to kind of get into the psychology behind all that in a, in a few. But um, he, she did tend to enable his drinking habit. So... It's, it's a pretty sad story, but yeah. Um, I'm just basically going to do my best to give you the most common story as well as all the facts. So as John Lawson, um, his mother opens up that he was diagnosed at an early age with mental illness, specifically schizophrenia and agoraphobia. For a while, he was treated for his mental illness, but, you know, mo- money problems had occurred. And, you know, don't hold that against her, you know. We've all had a shit economy for a good time and money problems happen. Um, this just kind of tells us about the healthcare in America, if anything. But, uh, yeah, money problems arose and his mental, mental health suffered as a result because they couldn't afford the treatment, you know. His mother goes on to mention in the docuseries, quote, He wasn't by any means an angel, but he wasn't a bad person or a boogeyman or whatever, fa- you know, phrases people have called him. You know, he played Little League, later played football. He was in the Cub Scouts, and according to their neighbor, Carmen Dube, who, I'm not going to even lie, 
I'm not her biggest fan. I mean, she's telling what she remembers, but she does a lot of, like, mom shaming, and that kind of bothers me. But, um, she babysat John Lawson from the time he was five to the time he was nine. She recalls that he was a sweet kid whom she loved very much. He was a good kid, and at the same time, in his mind, he was a vampire, and he acted out on it. Which, at a young age, it's common to engage in pretend play. You know, but it's it's insinuated that he fully believed that he was a vampire. Um, This does foreshadow how he is later, though. So, remember that. Vampire. Right? Okay. She also remembers that he was a weird kid who loved horror movies such as Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, vampire movies, Exorcist, etc., um, she also recalls that he would do some off-kilter types of things, or in her words, quote, kind of out of place. She also recalls that when he was around eight years old, he was abusive towards his mother. Now remember, she recalls, okay, that he was abusive towards his mother at eight years old, okay? Okay. Um, that he would hit her and also verbally, what the fuck, verbally abuse her, like calling her names and all that. Um, so his mother then put him in a mental hospital and this is where it kind of gets sketchy with me and Miss Carmen. Um, she, she said that she went to see him in the hospital and her heart shattered. I mean, of course it's sad to see a kid at such a young age in you know, a mental institution. Yeah. Um, she didn't believe that he needed to be there. And this is where I'm going to interject my thought. Throughout all the interviews and research on this case, Carmen, you know, she tended to pretty much pin a lot of the blame on the mother, which, okay. But the thing is, his mother was just as much of a victim in the way that his fiancés, who we will discuss, were. So I'm no doctor, but it seems like a whole lot of Stockholm Syndrome manipulation, cult-like behavior is beginning at an early age. And all of the things he was doing or starting to do clearly points to all of that. So why take a bad situation and pin blame at all? Like, if he was showing violent tendencies and psychotic behavior, um, I also would have put him in a mental institution. Would you have? Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really, it's all that his mother, like, had known to do. So she was, in my eyes, she was doing the right thing. Um... But, you know, so why are we, why are we crucifying her for that? You know, um, she's, she's made her share of mistakes and you'll, you'll see that, you know, but, you know, I firmly believe she was manipulated and quite possibly terrified of her own son. If I was terrified of my kid and I've exhausted every option that was available to me, I would probably have done the same thing. Another account says that Cynthia, Cynthia, I'm sorry was a single mom, but she also tended to put some of her own wants and needs above her own kid. Which, okay, that's fucked, right? But unfortunately, that's commonplace. Like, you know, I think that a mother should be able to, or should, you know, own up to their mistakes. But at the same time, you know, they they were living in some shit times and the economy was pretty bad. And, you know, she was doing the best that she could with what she knew. And also trying to have her own life at the same time. You, you just really can't pin blame on a parent. Um, unless it's like Jason Vukovic's mom, in which case, fuck that bitch. But anyway, <laughs> I'm still on that. Um, but yeah, you know, Carmen says that she was always out drinking and bringing different men home and left her kid alone. 
and that nobody really knew what John had seen or had been through. And I mean, that's fucked. But, you know, even with that, she still clearly loved her son and was also terrified of him. And then she enabled him later. Um, I have a little bit of a soft spot myself for enabler types because I know that they're just very fearful and possibly victimized, but that's just me. He did have to repeat the second grade. It was reported that John was bullied quite a bit with kids calling him turd boy because of his body odor. So that's pretty fucking sad. It is. Still, fuck this guy, though. I mean, don't don't fuck him. You can't. He's dead. So, spoiler alert, he's dead. And we're going to take a break here real quick. Um, we will be right back. Hey, Courtney. What's up? You tend to deal with more of the production side of this podcast. Uh-huh. What kind of tools do you use? Well, I actually use a few things, but my favorite one I use is a really cool program called Anchor. Really? Yeah, it's by far the easiest way to create a podcast. They provide creation tools that allow you to record. You can also edit your podcast right from your computer or cell phone. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So how do you push your podcast to different platforms? Dude, Anchor does it all for you. They distribute your podcast to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. That's cool. Yeah. On top of us wrangling our kids, working full time, doing research, that does seem to cut down a lot of the time, huh? Oh, yeah. How come we didn't know about this sooner? Honestly, I really don't know. But one of the best parts about this is you don't have to have a minimum number of listeners or plays to monetize off your podcast. That's awesome. That helps us become one step closer to helping donate back to the victims and their families. Yeah, that's important. But how much does it cost to use Anchor? Well, are you ready for this? Yeah, bring it on. It's free dude dude that's awesome go download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started what is it that makes us so interested in what we don't understand we're setting out to investigate everything strange unusual and scary in our world They're going to be able to scan your brain and upload it to a computer. Some people think of it as like the greatest victory that we could ever have because it makes you immortal in a sense. I think it's terrifying. It is terrifying. We invite guests who bring their own personal perspectives. I mean, especially considering the fact that the overwhelming majority of UFO sightings and documentation occurs within miles of nuclear testing facilities. Yeah. They bring their own encounters with the paranormal. All of a sudden, I feel this whoosh of wind and this ringing in my ear so loud that makes me stand up straight. And we both had this moment of, you know, maybe we should get out of here. It was a hot summer day and a hot night, but when I went into this one room, it was freezing. And I, to this day, it felt like somebody was going to push me down the stairs. A few months into living at the new house, I was woken up to the lamps being on and the snow globe music box going off. Hello. And most of all, we just have a ton of fun. Jacques would never eat. Not a single bite. Just sip from his glass of wine. He was a vampire. He was a vampire. 100% a vampire. Holy buckets. My name is Ashley, and this is my co-host, Lauren. Hello, weirdos. And you are listening to Keep It Weird. There are nearly 2,000 original feature films and documentaries in the Netflix catalog, and that number is only growing. So I've made it my mission to watch them all. Nope, that's a lie, but I'm going to watch as many as I possibly can. In each episode, I'll be joined by a delightful guest, full disclosure, usually my brother Ryan, where we'll rate, review, and discuss the movie or documentary in two parts 
spoiler-free in the first half, and spoiler city in the second half. And as much as we'd love to watch and chill with you, unfortunately, we're watching Netflix without you. Listen to Watching Netflix Without You on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Okay, so where we left off before our break is that, you know, the kids were calling him Turd Boy, which is unfortunate. Yes. So, but anyways, Cynthia, his mother, um, she she ended up remarrying to a guy named Johnny. And that's when she says she noticed changes in John Lawson, as we knew him, John Lawson. Um, And it, it gets a little confusing because she remarried a guy named Johnny, who is absolutely not related to John Pazuzu Lawson. Um, a lot of people speculate that Johnny may have done something to John, but it's purely speculation at that point. Either way, John Lawson and his stepfather did not get along, and thus John became reclusive. One source, according to Daily Mail, said that Pazuzu opened up saying that he learned about sex at an early age, which is six years old. And this this is before Johnny, okay? Um, but he said that he saw his mother having sex with bikers. Another source said Cynthia was afraid of him. She was working two jobs, paying to support him and getting nothing in return. Um, she was afraid to leave and afraid to go home. So, I mean, there's a lot of different conflicting things going on. So, um, John did have full control of his mother. Evidently, he talked his mother into leaving Johnny, so he, so she did. Um, John stopped being a recluse after that and was reported to have been seen outside again. Um, Cynthia recalls that it was so much fun and that, they al- that he had always made her laugh, but it's also reported that he was rarely seen at school. He did drop out after repeating the ninth grade, and Cynthia defends him by saying, quote, it wasn't because he failed. And so she was basically saying he wasn't dumb. And then, quote... It was because he was never at school. So this was, I don't, I don't remember what year this was, but he was in the ninth grade and yeah, um, he was reported to have his appearance shift to become more gothic in dress. Mm-hmm. That's quoted. Yeah. He shaved off most of his hair, but dreaded what he had had left. Around this time, he, she brought him to another mental health center called Reynolds Health Center on Highland Avenue. But he wasn't there for too long. A forensic evaluation showed that he regularly started consuming alcohol at the age of 13. Mm-hmm. It's kind of odd to me how unlucky the number 13 is, and it just kind of pops up a little bit here and there. There's a date, yeah. you know, October 13th, which I'm not really that superstitious, but, like, I've noticed... Okay, maybe I am a little superstitious in my own way. I've noticed that October 13th, Particularly October 13th, if it falls on a Friday, tends to be a pretty bad day. I don't know. Or especially if there's, like, if it happens to fall on a full moon, even. Um, I've also noticed that most people have their bad days on Friday the 13th, but I always have mine on Saturday the 14th. (laughs) It's like I'm delayed, you know? Um, I have another weird superstition. I feel, maybe it is considered a superstition, but I feel... That if you have a week that starts out like it's going fast, the week following is going to go really slow. So, have you have you ever noticed something like that? Yeah, I do. Like, okay. I notice, like, the week goes by, like, slow if I'm, like, doing something 
that weekend, you know? Well, it's that's not really the case for me. It's like, no matter what, I have an alternating fast week and slow week. So, like, this week went by pretty fast, so next week is probably going to go by pretty slow. That's just I how do I have to say that, you know, knock on wood, thankfully, I, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I don't work. So Right. I mean, the days all seem pretty good to me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to give yourself some credit, though, because, I mean, as a stay-at-home mom, you're, de- you're dealing with a lot of shit that people aren't necessarily dealing with when they work, and vice yeah. versa, you know? I mean, and I did work. I was... Yeah, for many, many years. Yeah, I mean, there's when I was a stay at home mom for like six months. And I can tell you that the exhaustion between being a stay at home mom versus working, they're two different exhaustions. Yeah, but the intensity is the same. So it's crazy. I mean, but anyway, back to my superstition. Not really. His mother recalls that people talked John into doing meth and other drugs, and she admits to turning the cheek. So at this point, while I have some empathy for her, I have to chime in and be like, come on, lady. You know, I'm really, I'm I'm just kind of perplexed about her, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, around the time, you know, he was of legal age in 2002, John Alexander Lawson changes his name to Pazuzu Ila Agrod really quick. And I have a lot of side notes, and I apologize, but I want to kind of clear up a lot of things. A lot of people have misreported the origin of his name, Algarod, stating that Algarod was John Lawson's middle name. Because they, like, see him, you know, reported as John A. Lawson. That A does not stand for Algarod. It stands for Alexander. So, let's just, I don't know. I, I get really weird about people misreporting stuff. Yeah. Going back to the Jason Vukovic thing, for example, it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna like report on a, on this guy, Jason Vukovic, at least spell his last name right. You know, it's not hard to look it up. You know, he did a lot of really good things for the children. And okay, I'm I'm let me get off of that. I'm just telling you, I'm in a bad fucking mood. <laughs> but yeah, John's middle name was Alexander. Um, if you do a little research on Google, you come up with unknown everywhere with 90% of people saying that Algarod is of Arabic origin and the other 10% say it's of African origin. Um, you also come up with this fun little poem in names.org that I think, I think it automatically generates. Are you ready for this little poem? I am. Okay. You know, those poems where like you take somebody's name you spell it downwards and then you... Oh, yeah. That's what this poem is. Okay. It's funny. Okay. A is for authentic. Be real. L is for love. Everlasting. G is for great. That describes you. A is for admirers. And all that you have. It's really telling. Okay. Ooh. R is for resourceful. And any challenge that comes your way... A is for acquaintance, the many friends you know. D is for dependable, on you I can rely. The funny thing about this poem, it kind of also foreshadows the whole Charles Manson wannabe persona. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah, there's there's quite a bit of like comparison that's being drawn, but that, that poem was just funny to me. Um, no, okay. I can give some insight on what the middle name he, de- he chose, Ila, means. Okay. Okay. 
Um, it could be a variation of the Islamic god Allah, which could suggest that John himself saw himself as a god, which Pazuzu, the deity, also was. Or an Oxford reference translation of Ilah says cause, defect, or malady. Ilah refers to the effective or operative cause behind a law. In order for a law to be applicable to a specific case, its operative cause must be triggered by the circumstances of the case. From Ilah in the Oxford Dictionary of Islam. So right now, his full name change is roughly translated to God, God, and possible bullshit. <laughs> I know y'all can't see my face right now, but it's, <laughs> it's very confused. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we're only like halfway through part one. <laughs> so, shortly after his name change, he wanted to outcast himself from the perceived norms of society, so he covered himself in ink, or, or you know, tattoos for you young people who don't know what ink is, <laughs> or old people who don't know what ink means. And he, okay, Amanda, are you ready for this? I'm ready. Do you remember how you told me that you don't like things that have to do with teeth? Yeah. Okay, trigger warning. You're going to want to hear this, though. Because oh, it, I can't cover my ears? It's very relevant, okay? Ugh. Okay. Hit so, me. he covered himself in ink, and he filed his teeth down to points with a fucking Dremel. Okay? During a meth okay. binge. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I could just... You know, I'm just... Your teeth hurt, don't they? My whole body is, like, feeling achy. I don't know. I don't, I don't like this feeling I have inside me. Okay, so you've got a similar feeling to whenever I saw... I'm not going to even mention it, but there was a tooth thing I saw a while ago. Okay, close your ears, Amanda. Close your ears. There was a tooth thing I saw a while ago where somebody had taken some nail clippers and cut the tooth off. And you could see the pulp. Ah! So... Oh! <laughs> I told you to close your ears! I told you to close your ears! Yeah, yeah. You do not. Pulp. I'm gonna be your. Why I'm gonna. Is there a pulp. What do you mean by pulp? <laughs> so that icky feeling you're feeling is the same one I felt when I saw that picture. Uh, yeah, he filed his teeth down to points with a Dremel during a meth binge. He also claimed he could control the weather and that he sacrificed animals. So you know he's already doing a fat, fantastic job of driving the judgmental nail further into the coffin. What a great dude, old Pazzy. Also, Pazzy, according to a psychiatrist, and it's unclear if this is his psychiatrist or the one that just weighed in, but the psychiatrist said that Paz never bathed or showered, maybe once a year, and it would be t years between brushing his teeth. Okay, so not only did he dremel his teeth down to points, but he also didn't brush them. And it's just like, I'm sure that's not very helpful. You know, um... Paz claimed that his personal hygiene stripped the body of its defense against illness and disease. So, I mean, I get the logic there. You know, they say that a little dirt builds the immune system, but I mean, there's such a thing as too much of a good thing. So there's there's also if you don't brush your teeth, that causes also bad health problems. Yeah, like so, heart problems. Believe it or not, it, it causes yeah, it causes a lot of problems. Dental yeah. health is very important, people. Yeah, it really is. Says me, who um, didn't really have the best dental hygiene for the longest time, but I've gotten a lot fucking better. So, but you know, 
Like I said, you know, too much of a good, there's such thing as too much of a good thing. So maybe run a brush over your teeth twice a day and floss, please. You know, shower at least once a week. And I say at least once a week because, I mean, yeah, there is such thing as too much of, too much showering also. So at least there once is. a week. At least once a week. I shower every other day, but. Basically, this all falls into the category of our sign-off, which is, you know, don't, you know, don't be a dick and wear deodorant. But we're not signing off just yet, okay? But, um, I don't know. I mean, if you're worried about your immune system to go that extreme, maybe take a shit ton of vitamin C or zinc echinacea you know see a doctor regularly shower you know i mean i I could be reaching but i mean (laughs) science is rarely if ever wrong you know it's important to mention that clemens the the city is heavily christian and religious so his actions were seen as blatant rebellion it was like a big stinky (laughs) i don't know why i said this it's like a big stinky middle finger to society. Can you imagine being like some multimillionaire Christian upper class society member and some little poser guy walks up to you with his nasty stink finger? Ew. And he's got Satan really big tattooed on his forearm and he's flipping you off going, I like rusty spoons. <laughs> can you imagine the look on his face like he's trying to politely stifle a grimace? Like, can you imagine? No. It's kind of funny. Just (laughs) think about, like, Dick Cheney. (laughs) I don't know. That's the first person that came to mind, maybe, because we were talking about him. Imagine (laughs) Salad Fingers going up to Dick Cheney with his, like, middle finger. He's like, fuck you. Give me rest You know? How creepy. Yeah. This this guy's a nut. He's creepy. Um, So by now, you all have a better idea of who John Alexander Lawson is. And then Pazuzu Ila Algarad is. So let's dive deep into his humble, quiet, and very well-kept home. Oh, really? And then his mental health. And then his pals. Yes, his pals. Okay. So Pazuzu Algarad took over 2749 Knob Hill Drive, which belonged to his mother. It went from him living with his mother to his mother living with him. It was reported that his slew of friends would come and crash for however long they wanted. Basically, this was their safe haven. And you know the sayings like, live, laugh, love, home is where the heart is, and cleanliness is godliness. You know those sayings? Yeah, yeah. Well, some did not live. Most did not laugh, unless it was at the expense of the victims or even Pazuzu, Mm -hmm. which a lot of his friends did laugh at him behind his back. And I don't know about you, but I don't see a lot of love going around that house. And, you know, since Pazuzu's idea of God was, well, himself, cleanliness was the opposite of godliness. And, well, home is where the still-beating hearts of those poor animals Pazuzu claimed to have eaten definitely was. So, there's that. If you look at the pictures of his home, you see that it's very similar and somehow worse than the most shocking episodes that you've seen of Hoarders. You see symbols painted and marked on walls, pentagrams, evil clowns, which I said is funny because, you know, we mentioned Insane Clown Posse earlier. Yeah. Um, But, you know, evil clowns, satanic messages, which that's debatable. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Pazuzu did like a quick online search of Arabic writings and basically just copied it word for word without knowing what the hell it said or even caring to translate it. I wouldn't put it past him. Like, for it's kind of like how people will sometimes get... Japanese lettering tattooed 
where they think it says something cute like I love life when really it says go eat a fucking pickle you dick you know like it could yeah that's okay so Amanda's showing me her Japanese tattoo and it probably Chinese. Chinese I'm so sorry that was I'm sorry but actually I got mine checked before I got it tattooed on me I mean that's a smart thing to do but I'm saying Pazuzu <laughs> probably did not do that whenever no he did not he wrote like this Arabic you know writings on the walls you know but, yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. It was reported by not one but several of his acquaintances that people would just pop a squat and take a dump wherever they wanted. I mean, this is a really gross house, okay? Okay. He just did not give a shit. I mean, everybody gave a shit in the corners of the house, but he did not give a shit. Um, on the daily agenda and chore list that one would have in such an organized and well-kept home, tasks included were... Are you ready? Okay. Sacrificing rabbits, drugs, eating animal hearts, shitting in a corner, drugs, orgies, self-harm, drugs, and smearing blood all over the artwork artwork that already covered the walls, and drugs. It was reported that as soon as you stepped foot in, in just the driveway of this home that you smelled decay. And oh. as you dare, yeah, as soon as you dared take a step inside the house, it smelled like ammonia and urine. And probably oh. shit. Because these people seem to see no need in using a toilet. I mean, I, okay, I get it. Okay, I get it. Um, you know, let the let the yellow mellow. <laughs> <laughs> don't waste be water. Outside. Like, if you don't have a toilet, be outside at least. Come on. They had a toilet. They had a fucking toilet. I've seen that house. It looks like they were, like, on an episode of Horrors. They had a toilet. Okay, um, but like I said, you know, don't waste water. <laughs> you know, you might like, <laughs> why waste water and toilet paper if you don't need to? Just shit in the corner, and if you absolutely have to wipe, just use a sock. I don't know. Ew. Like, okay, I have a, I have a true story, unfortunately, about that. Um, I had a roommate once. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, I don't talk to this person anymore, but this person moved into my apartment and not only brought with him a slew of nasty ass little german cockroaches yeah yeah but he also wiped his ass with a sock and left it out for me to pick up yeah but that's why i say if you have to wipe just use a sock (laughs) no thank you (laughs) it was reported also that this house had animal carcasses everywhere and that this yeah This humble, sweet home was infested with rats, rodents, and bugs. If the bugs are anything like Texas bugs, I'm guessing it's those little German cockroach fuckers that I was just talking about. And they don't go away. Okay? Okay, same same apartment. Um, We had it infested so bad that I had started storing my linens in like those big Tupperware looking you know what I'm talking about like the yeah and they were taped shut okay so imagine my surprise when I'm unpacking so I can move yeah and they had scattered out of there they fucking lived in that thing they ruined my painting I mean this oh I hate that guy because he brought these fuckers with him they don't go away we had bombed that house like we did everything. They do not go away. 
If anybody's wondering what those German cockroaches are, they're those little itty-bitty cockroaches that you see in really nasty houses and apartments sometimes. Sometimes they're not nasty houses and apartments. They were just like, they those the, the, they don't go away. Right? They're like bed bugs. You can, they kind of get transferred. They are like bed bugs, except honestly they are much worse and they are even harder to get rid of. Mm. Like they multiply within seconds. Like if you ever see like a little one, they will be the full size of a German cockroach the very next day. They're fast. But if they're anything like Texas bugs, they're either those or they are water bugs, which those things bite. Have you known that? Do they? They do. We get those every now and then in our house. Well, okay, so water bugs aren't like infesting, if that makes sense, unless you live in a really, really old house. Um, I used to live with my grandmother back when I was really little and she, her house was fucking like it was old and they typically live outside near like water and drainage pipes and things like Mm -hmm. that. But they will sometimes invade a a home that's older because it's water sources. And so she kind of, she had quite a bit of them. Um, we would like hide under the covers from them. Like that was going to do anything. But one Mm -hmm. time I was going to take a shower and I'm like five or six. I was going to take a shower. I'd just woken up. I go to turn the water on, and I see two of them on my leg. Oh, <gasps> yeah, yeah! Okay. And then I freaked out. And then, like, after about thirty minutes or so, I noticed a swelling, and it was it was very much like a mosquito bite. Oh wow! But yeah, they they do bite. So I don't care what anybody says. They bit me. So, anyways, um, if any of you are like new parents and you're worried about like how clean your house is, I'm here to tell you. It could be worse. Don't you worry about it. Okay? Don't worry about your house being a little bit... Yeah. Don't worry about your house being a little bit distressed because I can I can guarantee you that nothing comes even close to this guy, Pazuzu's house. Um, so, Matt Flowers. I'm going to go ahead and mention him real quick. Um, he will be in and out throughout this entire case. Um, he did say... That the entire house was a party house, but there was one room that they were not allowed in. That one was off limits. Um, That was the back room. And he said the basement was also pretty disgusting. Okay. So that's a brief mention of Matt Flowers, but get to know him because he's going to be mentioned quite a bit. I'm going to go ahead and jump into the psych evaluations that Pazuzu had. Okay. Um, He had a psych evaluation November 5th of 2010. He was at Dorothy Dix Hospital. He was hospitalized for mental health care when he was around 13, um, which was not in 2010, by the way. Um, But he received a mental health treatment at around 26, involved in Daymark Recovery Services a few years prior. And they stated that he bathed no more than once a year. He had not brushed his teeth in years because he felt like those, again, those actions stripped his body of its defenses and warding off infection and illness. Um, one thing that looked really interesting that caught my eye is that the document also says, quote, Mr. Algarad described his mood as nervous while his effect appeared quite apprehensive and anxious. His speech was tremulous, but otherwise of normal rate, tone or volume. What does, what does that, what that does suggest to me is that he's trying to manipulate the psychologist or psychiatrist or whoever it was into believing that he was not of sound mind when he actually was. Um, He also had not worked in years and had been getting social security benefits because of his anxiety. He had been diagnosed in the past with agoraphobia, 
which is basically like fear of leaving your safe space. Um, said that when he gets outside of his house that his anxiety gets so high that he faints. Um, said that he has schizophrenia because, quote, I get paranoid that someone's out to get me. Well, probably. <laughs> he also reported diagnosis of manic depression associated with occasional mood swings, but not over little things. Okay. He denied any history of pervasive, pervasive affective dysregulation or psychotic symptoms, and he also denied having ever been suicidal. Remember that. Okay. okay. Um, now, so the image that's being drawn for you, facial tattoos, tattoos including a big one saying Satan on his arm, dreadlocks, he'd never bathed, never brushed his teeth, and he also used a Dremel, again, sorry, to sharpen his teeth down to points during a meth bender. This is also, this was so that he could successfully drink the blood of dead animals. That's why he did that. Oh. Um, another thing that I failed to mention um, in my notes was that he also did have a forked tongue. So, Oh, God. Of course he did. <laughs> hey, you oh. know what? Body modifications are pretty cool, though, but not, not in his case. Okay, now we're going to talk about his made-up religion. You ready? Oh. <laughs> Pazuzu admitted that he invented a religion called Sumerian religion. He said that he and his wife at the time which is bubbles, which we'll get into bubbles. Okay. Um, they were the only ones who practiced this religion. He said that he learned of its rights and beliefs while going through a five year shamanistic journey. Okay. Part of this ritual involved killing small animals as part of the sacrifice. His mother stated that she was concerned at one point that if he was unable to make a sacrifice during the dark moon, he might try to kill himself, even though he's never been suicidal. Right? Yeah. At this point, she confirmed that her son and his 20-year-old girlfriend, Amber, Bubbles, you know, oh my Bubbles, Bubbles, both lived with her. Powerpuff Girls. Also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because he has three fiancés. He actually had more than that, but I mean, I always like kind of was like likening them to... Was he like Polly? Maybe. Like, was it he like, were these like all the same time or did he just go through them? Um, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay. Remember, he's, he keeps being compared to Charles Manson. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm thinking of. Yeah, so we'll get, we'll get into all that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't really go too far in depth of the personalities of his fiancés, but I mean, I do mention them a little bit just to give everybody an idea, but anyway, um, she states that she, that he is generally peaceful. His, this is his mother, by the way. She states that he's generally peaceful, although he occasionally has problems with his temper. He was currently on probation for assaulting her. Additional diagnosis includes panic disorder with agoraphobia, alcohol dependence, status post-possible episode of alcohol withdrawal, schizotypal personality disorder, alcoholic hepatitis, abnormal cholesterol, macrocytosis, possible subclinical hypothyroidism gosh this is all like a tongue bender and they made it a mandatory part of a supervised release plan for mental health and substance abuse treatment Pazuzu at this point got a suspended sentence and five years probation which was a slap on the fucking wrist yeah but I won't go into that one just yet but meanwhile Jason Vukovic is serving 23 years 
in prison for beating up pedophiles. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Something's wrong. Something is wrong. That's a good podcast, Something Was Wrong. <laughs> okay, so let me get into his friends real quick. Okay? Some of these people you'll hear a lot of, of some of them you won't. Um, okay. But these are just people that I'd kind of, I guess, met through watching the Vice documentary. Okay? Okay. Nathan Anderson is one of the first that shows up. Um, they also call him Nate Anderson. I, I, I feel weird calling him Nate because my husband's name is Nate. Yeah. But Bigger. anyways, this is a former friend of Pazuzu's um, who would later say, quote, he had a twisted sort of charisma. It's the kind of charisma that isn't going to appeal to everyone. Sounds like our podcast. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but certain minds are going to be drawn in by that. The misfits, the outcasts, people living on the edge, or people who wanted to live on the edge. Like Charles Manson. Algarad also had a way of attracting women. Amber Birch, a.k.a. Bubbles, and Crystal Matlock were two of his known fiancés who frequented his home, more than anyone, and we will get into that again, they play a huge role. Another fiancé of Pazuzu's was Dixie Ross, who actually dated Nathan Anderson at first. Oh. There's not a whole lot known about Dixie Ross, but she does play kind of a, a, a role in this, as you'll hear. So, next is Jenna Woodring. That's Nate's girlfriend. She's seen in the documentary also. She's in the beginning with Nate. They're shooting up heroin. Um, yes. There's also um, a video of her getting arrested and looking pretty happy about it. Um, but she's seen a lot in the documentary, basically shooting heroin with Nathan. Um, and then there's Matt Flowers. That's the one that you're going to hear a lot about, okay? Okay. He met Pazuzu through a mutual friend when Matt was 17. He was rebelling. He was interested in the occult, having grown up feeling stifled in a strict religious upbringing. He called this whole thing a sick rendition of the Manson family. Um, Matt is probably the most well-off of anyone here. Um, he actually was kind of the main champion and protagonist in this whole thing. We like Matt, basically. He was an Iraq War and Airborne Special Forces... Oh my goodness. Special Forces veteran who found himself in the same circle as Pazuzu for about eight years, like so many others did. So many others did. But Matt was the kind of person who was mentally strong enough to where he had seen some shit... It wasn't easy to manipulate or even shock him. He was just an advocate and would call bullshit for what it was. Um, and then we have the fiancés, of course. Crystal Matlock, Dixie Ross, and Amber Bubbles Birch. Okay? <laughs> so Amber Birch is seen in all the pictures. He, you know, She's the one loving on, on Pazuzu, on old Pazzy. Um, she has a Facebook that's still up. So, you know, if I you want... know her name. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very familiar name. She was pretty well-known in, in all this. Okay, um, evidently, according to one of Pazuzu's friends, she's seen in a homemade sex film with Pazuzu, and they are eating some kind of bloody flesh, which we'll get into. Um, it's assumed it's from one of the victims. I mean, to disrespect human life like that, just wow. Um, other friends, such mm -hmm. as Sylvia LeBeau, Crazy Dave Adams, who's all, I mean, all of these people are in the documentary, Katie Wagner Davis. She doesn't get mentioned too much, but she was Amber Birch's best friend for a while. Alan Billings, who is the father of Tarina Billings. He doesn't get mentioned too much either, but for whatever reason, he was hanging around with Pazuzu and all them a lot. 
um, Nicholas Rizzi and the victims. Pazuzu's mother, Cynthia, is still alive and well, but I do consider her a victim. Joshua, Joshua Wetzler, his wife, Stacy Carter, who is alive, but again, I consider her a victim because, you know, she, you'll see. Um, their son, who fortunately, both of the latter, they are both very much alive. Um, and then there's Joseph Emmerich Chandler and Tommy Dean Welch. Josh Wetzler, Joseph Chandler, and Tommy, D, Tommy Welch all have been killed by Pazuzu. Um, so, you ready for me to dive into that? I'm ready, girl. Okay, well, I will honor their memory, and I'm going to dive deeper in all of that, including A Town Afraid of Pazuzu, the impact his friends and fiancés had, and the entire conclusion in part two. All right. Part two. Yeah. So, there it is. That's part one of this shit bag. And that was really hard for me to do because it's a lot. <laughs> and basically... That's a lot of info thrown our way, man. Yeah. And I'm going to leave you all hanging because I'm a bitch like that. So, make sure you go rate and review us on iTunes. Four or five stars. Leave your name in the review. So that way we can choose a winner for some merch. We're still giving away... A t-shirt, a coffee mug, a pair of socks, or a mask um, to two lucky winners. Um, what else? Do we have any other news or anything like that? I don't think so. Right. Not really. Okay. Well, um, until next week, you know, thank you for listening. And just remember, don't be a dick. And wear deodorant. Yeah, a lot of it. Don't and make sure you shower, too. Like, Yeah. Every other day is fine. Or every, even every few days is fine. At least once a week, but always brush your teeth. Brush and your teeth, brush your teeth twice, twice a day. day. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke, but Jeez. don't drink. Don't drink coke because that it's bad for your teeth. Is bad for your teeth. Yes. Don't and drink tea either. By the way, it's not a good idea to dremel your teeth. Ooh, please don't yep. do that either. Yeah. Also, don't don't nail clip or cut your teeth off. That's gross. Ooh. Okay, but yeah, you know, like I said, don't be a dick and wear deodorant. Okay. Much love and bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Nefarious Nightmare. Music used in this podcast was created by Ghost Stories Incorporated. You can find their music on bandcamp.com. We do have social media. You can follow us at our Facebook page at A Nefarious Nightmare, or you can follow our Instagram, Nefarious Nightmare Pod. If you have any stories of paranormal instances that have happened to you or ideas for true crime, please email us at a nefarious nightmare at gmail.com. Thank you very much and take care.